From the dawn of MTV through the peak of its popularity, one man wrote songs that inspired some of the most cinematic music videos around. With I Do Anything for Love, But I Won't Do That, Total Eclipse of the Heart, and Making Love Out of Nothing at All, we decide the fate of the music videos of Jim Steinman. Which one will it be? It's the Ruined Childhood Podcast. Greetings, Starfighters. And I say that with, uh, I always say it with enthusiasm, <laughs> but that is true. Uh, this has been, uh, we, we've had a bit of a gap and a bit of a delay. On top of that, I'm really excited to be doing the episode that we're doing and, uh, you know, just kind of in an interesting place right now. So my greeting, Starfighters, is even more heartfelt than than usual. That's right. You know, this is not an episode about the movie The Perfect Storm, but we have had the perfect <laughs> storm of situations that have prevented us from recording. Uh, I was sick for a bit over a week and was unable to do anything. And Dan, why don't you share your news? <laughs> Uh, uh, I, I've got a new baby in the family. So, right. uh, my son Simon was born on, uh, April 6th. We're recording this Ooh. on April 13th. And, uh, so we've just kind of been in, in the whole little like love bubble with the new baby and, He's he's fantastic, and uh, m- my wife has been just like amazing, and um, has is is doing incredibly well, and we're we're just uh, you know really happy. But uh, as John said, it was the perfect storm. Uh, so let's Mark see. Mark Wahlberg without... was there. Yeah, yeah. Mark Wahlberg with we the had Boston John C. Riley. John C. Riley w- was there. Absolutely. George Dog playing and, pranks. Um. Oh, I'm trying to remember the name of the actress and why am I drawing a blank? Diane Lane. Diane Lane was there. Diane Lane was there. Um. You know what? At at a certain point, I might have been hallucinating. Uh. To the point that Diane Lane could have very well. Be- I could have seen Diane Lane, but I don't know. I didn't. Have we talked about Diane Lane on this show? I believe she's fantastic. I, I believe she's come up, but yes, of uh, you know, wonderful actress, uh, who um, you know, uh, who was in who's in that movie. So sorry, uh, who's in that movie? I'm just, but that is not what we are here to talk about today. No. So no. on this Any, podcast, yeah, we typically talk about cult and classic movies and a few outliers here and there, and we talk about how we. Well, first of all, we just kind of walk through the movies, but then we talk about how we would bring them back as a remake, reboot, prequel, sequel, whatever, board game, whatever you can possibly if imagine. If it had to be done, if, if it the had property to be done, had the thought to experiment be of thought experiments. And yes. we decided that for the month of April, you know, Aprils are always fun to mix things up, little April Fool's action, speaking of George Clooney and the uh, his pranks, uh, we decided to kind of turn things on their side a little bit and focus not so much on movies but cinematic music videos music videos that have some sort of story arc that uh are known for being a little 
out of the ordinary. They're more than your average music video. It's more than just the the band on a soundstage or just going in through different in different settings. Um, you know, music videos that tell a story that that capture you not just with the with song and sound, but with sight and story. Dan, you're starting to sound like Mitch Cohen. <laughs> and I, I, I think I you're a little sleep deprived. A, a, a tremendous amount of joy watching these videos. <laughs> so on this and episode, we're focusing on the uh, the I cinematic. <laughs> We're focusing on the cinematic music videos, which is interesting. They're all they're three songs written by Jim Steinman, and they are from three different performing artists. And I don't know if they have any links to the productions for their music videos. I don't believe they do. I need to check on that. I mean, um, one of them I... was done a straight up decade after the other ones. Uh, yeah, I don't. There's not a connection between these, and I mean, we'll, you know, we'll get through them. Um, and and there's, uh, you know, there are connections among vi- like meatloaf videos, right? But we're not doing, we're doing one meatloaf video, right? So, um, Dan, oh, do you want to do? Do you want to do these chronologically, or do you want to do these? Uh, in a, any any type of different order, I don't know. Maybe uh, notoriety order. I don't know if that could really I, be done. I, I I I actually I do think that um, chronological order makes sense. Okay, great. So then, in that case, we're going to be starting with the. Uh, well, it was released in the UK in February of '83, June '83 in the US. Total Eclipse of the Heart, as performed by Bonnie Tyler, written of course by Jim Steinman. Before we launch into that song uh, and the music video, Dan, do you want to give a little bit of background about Jim Steinman? Okay. So- Rest uh, in peace, pour one out, by the way. Oh, yeah. definitely. Definitely. And by the way, pour one out for Gilbert Gottfried, who has nothing to do with anything we're talking about today, but, uh, you know, the news uh, yesterday. And, uh, okay, so Jim Steinman- you know him as the writer of Yes, Total Eclipse of the Heart. I would right. do anything for love, but I won't do that. Paradise by the the whole Bad Out of Hell album, Meatloaf's kind of groundbreaking operatic uh, album, and you know Jim Steinman was such a a part of that, and he's such a it's it's his signature voice. It's so signature that when you hear. Bands that are not necessarily like the light FM acts like Air Supply, but a band like Sisters of Mercy doing um, a a Jim Steinman. I, I forget if, if he uh, produced the track or wrote the track or, or whatever, but he did a uh, um, a Sister of Mercy song, uh, Celine Dion's It's All Coming Back to Me Now. Right. Um mm-hmm. And, and Jim Steinman was so was so popular. I'll give you a little uh, give you a little background. So um, he really kind of uh, found himself as an artist at Amherst College in Massachusetts, and he um, 
there he collaborated uh, with people uh, such as Barry Keating. Barry Keating wrote the uh, Broadway musical Star Mites. And when mm-hmm. I directed it, I actually had Barry Keating come out and and meet and talk with the, the cast. So Barry Keating and I actually chatted a bit about his work with Steinman as Did well. You know? And like, you know, it was the late 60s. So a lot of... Uh, you know, Steinman's stuff was like a more operatic, more like, you know, he was like into like Brecht and um, like Wagner and, mm. um, you know, pop wise, you could hear a lot of like, you know, especially in his productions that, um, you know, uh, uh you know, fuck Phil Spector. Um, sure. Fuck him. Um, uh, a lot of his like wall of sound you can hear in a lot of like uh, Steinman's productions. Um, but he kind of like developed his style there, um, and wrote these like, you know, mythology based musicals that were very, you know, hippie in, uh, in vogue, but it was where a lot of his songs started. So like the whole, like turnaround bright eyes from total clips of the heart, uh, is in a musical that he wrote called, uh, the, the dream engine. Oh. And um, there were some other things like the monologue from You Took the Words Right Out of My Mouth, which is the second track on the Bad Out of Hell album. It's a great song. On a hot summer night, would you offer your throat to the wolf with the red roses? And that's Steinman doing that in on the album. I love it. Yeah. So uh, well, what around, I mean, you know, what years would, would this have been when he was doing this kind of stuff? Uh, so this was late 60s and then okay. early 70s he started he was doing stuff in New York and like uh the public I know um uh Joe Papp was uh was a big supporter of his and that's where um he actually he he collaborated with Bette Midler in the early 70s she kind of did a demo of uh, Heaven Can Wait which is on uh also on Bad Out of Hell huh. and uh and then he did a um uh he had a song that Yvonne Elliman did from of her album uh and and then he wrote um he wrote music and lyrics for a musical called More Than You Deserve and one of the actors in the show was Meatloaf. Oh, okay. So then uh and Meatloaf later sang that song. Another poor on, one out. On another yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and Meatloaf sang that song actually on on his album Dead Ringer in 1981, uh, which also features a lot of a lot of Steinman songs. So then um, fast forward to 1977 uh, and Steinman has been, you know, uh, doing stuff with Meatloaf. And it's kind of like, you know, the songwriter finds the voice. Right. That type of thing. And then they they started to oh they were touring with the National Lampoon show for huh. for a while. And uh and and then uh eventually like Steinman and Meatloaf went around trying to like sell bad out of hell to people and like they went into these like, you know, record execs offices and um and like you know, like meat, like was doing Paradise by the Dashboard Light in their offices, like Meatloaf, uh, Ellen Foley, and Jim Steinman, and a pile um, of cocaine. So, <laughs> needless to say, uh, yeah. So, so anyway, so bad. So eventually, they bought Bad Out of Hell uh, gets made by uh, CBS Records, and it is released 
two days before I was released from the womb. Uh, <laughs> so October 20th, 1977, uh, Bad Out of Hell comes out and it, 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 it takes some time to pick up in the States. It's huge immediately in the UK. Um, but eventually it, and it just keeps picking up and it's just like got this great cult around it. Um, and you know, paradise by the dashboard light just, you know, is a, is, is one of those party classics. Uh, and, and, you know, and then Steinman had, he collaborated with Bonnie Tyler on total eclipse of the heart, uh, faster than the speed of night. He he's big into these puns and these plays on, uh, on, on phrases. He used like going all the way that phrase is involved in so many of his, um, in so many of his songs and he just, you know, is kind of a master of, of double entendre. He recorded his own album, his own solo album called bad for good. And, uh, it's, it's interesting. Uh, the videos (laughs) for that album are, that should be an episode in, in and of itself. (laughs) Um, uh, but what's interesting is he collaborated with a lot of, um, like a lot of musicians who we know of, like a lot of uh, several members of the E Street Band, hmm. uh, you know, played, uh, you know, on Bad Out of Hell and and a lot of his his work there. And uh, Todd Rundgren was, hmm. you know, produced Bad Out of Hell. And oh, so really? you got all these people meet, and then uh, oh no, I don't think uh Steinman wrote the song Dead Ringer for Love, um. Oh, wait, did he? By the way, no. dear listener, this entire time, Dan's eyes have been rolled into the back of his head. He's completely disassociated, and he's just rattling off this information uh, off the top of the dome. <laughs> he has completely disassociated. Um, so he is not anyway, of this realm any longer. Okay, so <laughs> thank you, John, for bringing me back to Earth. Uh, I, I just want to give a couple of... Um, uh, just just a couple of little uh, bits about Steinman that you might not know. So, uh, "Holding Out for a Hero," one of the big hit songs from from Footloose, sung by Bonnie Tyler. Right. It's also a, a Steinman composition. Um, one of the original, so old school, like nineteen eighties Hulkamania wrestling fans, WWF would remember. Hulk, one of Hulk Hogan's first entrance songs before he started using Real American, and it went dun 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 dun. So that was written by Jim Steinman, and it was all it was actually a Bonnie Tyler song called "Ravishing." So Steinman and Meatloaf kind of had a falling out, and then they got back together, and in. 93 bad out of hell two came out and it was a huge hit and we're gonna be talking about uh about some of the music from that today and uh after that like steinman kind of drifted around uh like i mentioned before he um you know wrote and produced uh celine dion's it's all coming back to me now which was a big hit for her right when she was sure you know that was right after the titanic song um uh and you know he 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 did a bunch of other things and did a bunch of other things really, and then that was, i mean like 
Bad Out of Hell was pretty much the peak. And then yeah. there was that. And wasn't Bad Out know, of Hell 2 called Back Into Hell? Indeed, it was. Yeah. Oh, and there was, there's, I mean, and also there was a Bad Out of Hell 3. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was pretty, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, pretty recently, right? Like within this millennium. Yeah. 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 And I, I mean, it, I, I think I list, might have listened to a song from it and oh. it was not, it was not great. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, he's, I mean, once you go musicals. out of hell and back into hell, what else is there to do? I I don't know. Uh, you know, you don't have to travel. have an answer to that, Dan. It's okay. <laughs> uh, not right now. Well, it's oh, it's bad out of hell. Three, the monster is loose. Oh, so shit. you have to you have to capture the escaped monster from hell. That's, got it. Got it. Got it. Mm, yeah. Oh, he was gonna do like a Batman the musical. Oh my goodness. Uh, he was going to be involved in the Crybaby musical, and then that didn't happen. Really? <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. There was there 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 were a lot of like woulda coulda shouldas with Steinman. And you know, it's funny. Uh, and Dan, this might be getting too inside uh, inside baseball for for us, but I feel like you know, for me, you were certainly a big Meatloaf fan growing up, and. You have a friend who was an even bigger Jim Steinman fan. Is that correct? Oh, it's time. It's time. So Michael Doobie, uh, who I who I hope is listening. Oh, was that to a this. leading he's, question? I'm sorry. He's a very <laughs> so so my 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 one of my oldest dearest friends, Michael Doobie, who is a lawyer, um, a University of New Hampshire. Uh, sometimes professor um and and amazing dad uh is was like in the inner circle of jim steinman fans and so this was in in high school when we were uh you know like we were just kind of hanging out and real like, cool guys just music. a couple of real oh, yeah. cool guys oh no yeah well only the coolest guys obsess over jim steinman music yeah no <sighs> Shit. No one was getting laid like we were. Uh, no. You're disassociating again. Snap back into it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So anyway, we. Uh, so I mean, like he really was into Simon. Got like back into the back. I was like, I enjoy. I loved Bad Out of Hell. Thought that was an awesome album. I thought Bad Out of Hell too had some great tracks on it, and I really enjoyed a lot of the Steinman production. I liked the humor of it. There was a lot of humor right. in it and a lot of theatricality. So uh, I was really into that because I was, you know, dramatic theater kid, sure. teenager. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, why don't we now rewind? I, I do believe, though, before we leave the topic of Michael Doobie, that Michael <laughs> Doobie did actually meet, uh, did have the opportunity to meet Jim Steinman. Okay. Definitely met Meatloaf. Okay. Um, on at least one occasion, but I believe also had the opportunity to meet um, uh, to meet Jim Steinman. I think in more than a perfunctory manner. Like I met Meatloaf at a book signing. Like I right. shook his hand. He signed my book. Thank you very much. <laughs> there you go. Now we will rewind back to. Let's go February eighty three. If we're talking about the UK release, Total Eclipse of the Heart, Bonnie Tyler releases. Uh, not too long after the music video is released, directed by Russell Mulcahy. 
And he directed The Mummy. That's right. This is a actual director. Yes. And and I think that's something that people remember most about whether it's a meatloaf music video or like a Bonnie Tyler music video is that there's lots of flowy fabric. And I don't know if it's just that uh, this, that Russell Mulcahy kind of set the, the pattern in motion for this type of song to have this like flowy fabric kind of feel to it. But uh, that's, that's what happened. And I feel like, you know, people are probably more familiar with I Do Anything For Love because that music video came out during like peak music video era. And oh, it's yeah. also just like that. I mean, it's such a spectacle in and of itself. And Total Clips of the Heart, which I feel like was, if I had to characterize it, was definitely more of like a radio hit and not like a music video hit. What's up, Dan? Sorry, I would just like to correct myself for a moment that oh, Russell Mulcahy, he did not correct direct The Mummy. He directed Highlander. He directed Highlander, right. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, but, and, and, but he's and, a real deal director. Yes, and he's a real deal director. And um, I agree with you that, yeah, I mean, yes, this was definitely like 1983. MTV was just in its- It's a baby. Uh, inf- in its infancy. Yeah, um, like a baby. Yeah. Uh, so this whole music video thing is new and, uh, I think this, I honestly think this video, I'm curious to know how much of a second life it was given by pop-up video, because Mm. I remember, I think I saw this video, a pop-up video so many times and it was like just one of the most entertaining ones to watch. Oh, I wish I could have found that one while I was kind of doing my research. Because uh, I didn't sure think it about it until given just now. some little gems, but you're right. I totally remember being popped up. Uh, so this is the interpretation that I've gotten, and I've read a couple of articles about it that have the same type of read on this uh, music video because it doesn't spell things out for you. And I, I'd say that the the music video itself only vibes with the lyrics when those the words bright eyes come up because there are some literal bright eyes so but uh this is this is my connor oberst not well i mean i'm did he get it from that song ah i i kind of figured he did anyway so the read that i got from this music video is that a woman is trapped in an all-boys private school where choir boys swimmers ninjas and more taunt her with their glowing eyes. It is revealed later that this was simply the dream of a new teacher about to join the school's faculty. Dan, is that what you got from this? Yeah, absolutely. What I wrote. So I'm just going to kind of read you my notes here um, going through. And I mean, I, I hope people have seen this. I mean, like who hasn't seen this video? So uh, we have them linked in the show's description. And they're also yes. in the last episode's description as well. So anyway, here we go. So Total Clips of Art, a majestic English boarding school for boys. And then is Bonnie Tyler a pedophile in this? And then I noted it was a bit like Hogwarts. Uh, right. And that there were doves flying around in slow motion. So maybe that John Woo was involved. <laughs> uh, it reminded me of a John Woo movie. And then it was, then it kind of reminded me of the X-Men Academy and then there were like boys shirts coming off and this one kid had like wings and glittery eyeshadow and then there was like a ninja academy that's where 
where it kind of hit me that there was a dream because I was like, oh, it's a bizarre dream world. Now, of course, Jim Steinman, there's got to be something like motorcycle related. So there's like leather bikers coming right, up the stairs. Right. And then I wrote and I quote you from my notes. Oh, are these like her anxiety dreams the night before that's, she starts her new job at the exact, boys' school? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, it's and take it from me, some somebody who is just sick for a week. Fever dreams, they real boy, they real. And this was indeed a fever dream. And I think I that mean, here's my here's my uh, my guess as to how this came about. They got access to this building maybe it was a, a vacant school or hospital or something and then it's like we've got this whole place and it's creepy as hell it's dusty so it's atmospheric and wild let's just hire a bunch of actors and see what we can do and then it's like what if this was a school and then they just got a bunch of boys of varying ages and put them in different costumes and you know poured water on some of them and had some of them with glowing eyes and you know, just kind of took it from well, there. And then just have Bonnie Tyler singing the entire time. It gets really intense. There's the part when they there's they're just they destroyed the dinner table and there's like the fencers and there's glitter pouring out of their masks. Right. And then like that there's the men cool. in the loincloths that are dancing around her. It's I would want to see I would like if this music video was playing at the movie theater, I I would be I would love to see that. Like why I would I'm I feel like m music videos before movies is a missed opportunity. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, this video is a fucking trip. It's a real trip. Uh, it's really wild. Russell Mulcahy, whatever you did, you did it right because this is memorable. Nailed it. Yeah, it's memorable. And uh, it really set the stage for, I think, a lot of music videos. And I don't know if this was the first, like music video of this ilk from a Jim Steinman song. Uh, surely there have been others that were probably more performance-based. The but uh, narrative... most of the Bad Out of Hell, I, I think most of the Bad Out of Hell videos are, I think there's like some cinematic clips mixed in. Yeah, but, I think but it's, it's mostly, mostly performance. Like on a soundstage. Yeah. Yeah, it's mostly like meatloaf on a soundstage. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, all right, so that's what's going on in to so uh shall we move on to the uh, to the next one and Yeah, so this next one's going to be interesting because uh as it turns out there are two versions of it and we're talking about making love out of nothing at all as recorded by Air Supply, later recorded by Bonnie Tyler in mm -hmm. in the I think mid 90s. So this was July 83 yeah. and uh so the music video that I watched which i think is the more common i don't know um in this one a young soldier returns home from war to brooklyn where he is in where he instantly meets a woman who dropped her groceries on the ground we track this couple over the subsequent years as their love grows and then fades especially due to his wandering eyes and once a baby is in the picture he turns into a real pos but with the memory of their first encounter as fresh as just picked lettuce they are able to make love out of nothing at all. Kind of reminded me of Blue Valentine. <laughs> oh, Blue Valentine. That's Without a... the cunnilingus. Oh, yeah. And the really cute, like, ukulele moment. And, you know. Well, yeah, that too. But there's that cute little picnic moment. Um, so, yeah, that is the more common one. And uh, had I not done some, like, 
research, I would not have known that there was a second version. And the second version... Oh, what's going on here? Okay. Uh, hang on one second. Sorry, I got stuff popping up on my computer. <laughs> so this one, I believe, is uh, has to do with an airport and leaving oh. for tour. I, I can give you the rundown on okay. that. So, okay, there you are. All right. So in this one, um, Graham from Air Supply, I, be, I believe his name is Graham. Is he the uh, one with the real like squishy face and curly hair? No, the one who kind of looks like like the the shorter one. Yeah, like the shorter, dark haired one, kind of like the the oats, if you will. Yes, the no. oats, but also the like the lead singer. Oh, is Graham um, the the blonde guitar player? Yeah, yeah, got it. So, so yeah, so he's and I'm sorry, I all of a sudden, oh yeah, Graham Russell, yeah. Um, so they're Graham so, Russell and Russell Hitchcock. How confusing! Yes. Yes. Uh, and then the movie, the video was directed by Alfred Hitchcock. No. Um, so Michael Hitchcock. No. Uh, so, so Graham is leaving to go on tour and his wife is upset with him. Um, oh, no. You know, this is not what she signed up for. And on top of that, uh, he, he's definitely banging someone else on the road. And she's kind of you know, yeah, she's thinking about him. Um, and, but, and he's thinking about her because he knows that thing, the, they weren't, things were not good when they left. And, you know, they're, they're on the plane, they're on this tiny little touring plane and he's not having fun. Everybody else is having fun. They're playing music and having fun and he's not. Um, and then in the next thing, you know, she's, uh, you know, she's packing up her things. She's mm. she's done. She's leaving. And Air Supply is just, they're going from sold out show to sold out show. But Graham Russell just is not feeling it um, until. Uh, and then we realize that she didn't pack her bags to leave him. She packed her bags to join him on the road. Oh, she's because making he wanted, love out of nothing at all. That's wonderful. He wanted her. He'd wanted her to join him on the on the road. And, you know, she was like, no. Um, oh, good. So, so he gets what he wants. How nice for him. And they kiss in these crazy. So I, I got it's. I wasn't expecting necessarily to make the other wrestling reference, but um if you just Google ricochet entrance, okay. uh, yes, no, there's uh, a WWE uh, superstar named Ricochet who has these awesome entrance lights and is basically the same like lights lighting that this that Graham and his wife and it's his actual wife, by the way. Right. In the in the video. Um, Jody Russell. They're kissing. Yep. Jody Russell. So uh, I, I think the the more common version of the video is the the better video <laughs> oh okay so you consider the one with the the army vet in the 50s or 40s maybe the the <laughs> official one i mean i i yeah that would be yeah that's the official one because it also cuts back it doesn't it just show air supply in it doesn't it yes because uh, they didn't have enough material so it right. just kind of goes back to uh graham russell and russell hitchcock just singing and playing the guitar and uh, Graham Russell looking like, I don't know, just a 
piece of white bread barely doing anything and and uh russell hitchcock like really emoting hard and looking like he's about to i don't know piss out a kidney stone or something oh my god uh bursting into song and tears at the same oh they're you know they're really giving it their all but they look really silly at the same time Oh, absolutely. This is not, we do not have a Russell Mulcahy level direction on this video. We, no, we do not, or, my friend. Or or vision. Nor, no, in fact, nor I, and Dan, nor do we have Michael Bay. No. Oh, but uh, so an interesting, sorry, before we move on to- <laughs> Oh, that was such um, a good story. <laughs> Nor do we have, uh, sorry, I'm sorry, I, I fucked it up. Come on, man. Nor All do right. they have Michael Bay. Say what Bay. you got to no, say, no, no. and then we'll, we'll do that Let's again. Let's just go back to it. No, 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 no. That's, all right. What were you going to say? No, what were you going to say? No, never What were you going to say? I'm going to try to do it. I'm going to try to make connection. Hey, look, it was a, say what you're going to say, and then I'm going to try to make a Michael Bay thing happen. Out of nothing at all. No, no, no. Uh, just do your thing. I won't do that. All right. Uh, just so do it. What were going to say? So, so Criminal Minds, an episode of Criminal Minds, like the, the, the climax of it, apparently... A um a victim uh was attacked by a bar piano player, and there's like something because uh she he tells that he's like, no, I couldn't have been the one to do it because um you know, whatever, like the the attacker or the attacker played like total clips of the heart during the attack or something, but actually played making love out of nothing at all. And the whole idea of like the, the resolution of this is that like the, the guy fucked up because it, the, he got the song titles wrong. Cause they sound so similar. Wow. That's an episode of criminal minds. Yeah. So that is, um, that is season seven, episode 12 of criminal minds, uh, titled unknown subject. Hmm. Sounds like something out of a Michael Bay movie. Speaking of Michael Bay. <laughs> Speaking of Michael Bay. August 1993. I'd do anything for love, but I won't do that. And we have, uh, I'd say, one of the more memorable music videos in music video history. This one, Indeed. Michael Bay pulls out all the stops and he gives us just this delicious treat of meatloaf goodness. And we should put this in context that this is Michael Bay pre, uh, mo- pre movies. Sure. Mm-hmm. Pre, I think what, what, bad, bad boys, pre bad boys, pre bad boys. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was his first, just, his first, just movie. before bad boys. Right. Oh uh, yeah. Bad boys was 95. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, but Michael Bay at this point, like just a renowned, uh, film director. Um, I mean, what didn't he do a bunch? He did like a bunch of Aerosmith videos too, right? Did Michael Bay do Aerosmith? Aerosmith? Well, I mean, I'm sure that we'll get to that when we start talking about, uh, Aerosmith (laughs) music videos. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, Yeah. yeah, So, uh, I'm just going to kind of go through... Uh, let's see. Oh, this does not have a chronological list, but uh, let's see. Well, Rock and Roll Dreams Come Through, another Jim Steinman. Interesting um, that you bring that one up, John. Uh huh. That's if that's from Jim Steinman's solo album, right? 
Oh no, rock and roll dreams come through. No, that that he did that one on his solo album, but the video that Michael Bay did mm. was from Bad Out of Hell too. Oh, Bad Out of Hell too. Now, now, John, I happened to watch that video, and if we were ever going to do like a surprise watch along of something, okay, it would be of this video. Like, I don't know if this is something we could do right now. I'm just throwing this at you. But if we could actually like have that video on and be commenting on it, it is quite something. <laughs> okay. It is something magical. So, so I'm going to just kind of go through a few of the other, because uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of meatloaf in here. We have objects in the rearview mirror may appear closer than they are. Did that one. Um, we did Tina Turner love thing. Uh, he did the video for I touch myself. The Vanilla Ice song, I Love You. Uh, let's see. We have, oh, Aerosmith, Falling in Love, um, or Falling in Love is Hard on the Knees. So that's from the album Nine Lives. Uh, Lionel Richie, Lionel Do It To Me. We have Can't Get Enough by Winger. Uh, Richard Marks, Angelia. Nice. Nice indeed. Um the faster pussycat song house of pain sitting in the lap of luxury by louis louis uh <laughs> diana king's shy guy oh sticks uh show me the way nice yeah and soldier of love donny osmond oh sweet yeah and then That's we have faith jam. hill there you'll be yeah so only the one aerosmith like song in the night who can't get only the one aerosmith song and not any of them that i was thinking yeah oh yeah i thought he did that like the crazy, crazy amazing, amazing yeah triumvirate. um so all right dan this is my interpretation of this video and i'd love to hear how it differs from your from yours the police chase a mysterious motorcyclist into a mausoleum we see that he's half man half monster and longing for a particular woman it is soon revealed that he and this particular woman have a past and she's the only one now who can save him. When he finally finds her, he vows that he won't be a piece of shit. He turns back into a human, and they ride off into the sunrise, evading the police. Shrug? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's that's more... That, that sounds like what, that's what happens. Okay. <laughs> I mean, there's some other weird shit going on. There's like, a, like Bram Stoker's Dracula. There's so much shit that goes vampires. on. There's so much that goes on, but it's like, what is this really about? And it's it's kind of a total eclipse of the heart situation where it's like they threw everything at it, and, and it's like to to kind of build this oh uh, this world where there's this like meatloaf monster guy, not like a well, but and and totally, but. but totally appropriate to Jim Steinman and that sense Completely. of just over the top and like like beauty and the beast with that like no don't look at my face yeah phantom of the opera he's uh, got these amazing like fingernail claws and he's like oh, he looks yeah. great like whoever did the makeup on this did an amazing job like shit holds yeah. up bob keen bob keen bob keen for a second, did, I thought uh, that you meant Bill Keen, the like family circus. Oh, guy. from from family from <laughs> family circus. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Jeffy assisted with the nails. Uh, so, no, no, uh, 
no, Bob Keane. Uh, it, it did I was I was looking at this? Uh, yeah, and they shot in a uh, a, a mansion in Beverly Hills, uh, the uh, the Greystone Mansion. Oh, okay. Oh, I feel like a lot of movies have been filmed there. I want to say was that there not a house on Haunted Hill or something? I okay. I'm the, without looking this up first. I want to say that Disorderlies was filmed there. Oh, so I'm gonna look that up right now and see. Look that up right now, but I my money is on you being right with that. <laughs> I'm not, or possibly brain donors. I uh, shot. Oh my god, so many. Wow, the list. The list is huge. All right, but let me see. Disorder. No, not disorderlies. Um, the Golden Child. Cabin Boy, Batman and Robin, Gold Member. This is a huge list. Okay. The Prestige. So here, do you want me to read the, I have the Wikipedia synopsis of the video here. Ghostbusters 2. Sorry. Ghostbusters. Oh, was that probably the the museum? museum? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Like, yeah, I, I actually, I think that like, your I think that your interpretation actually like ties the video a little bit more to the song because the synopsis on Wikipedia and and, and the video, I mean, like, the, I guess kind of implies that previous connection and how she's the only one who can save him. Uh-huh. But that's not mentioned in this in this synopsis. It's just like kind of how he he just he comes across her um and and is watching her and I guess like becomes ob- obsessed with her. Gotcha. But I I but but when he says like, you know, no one could save me, no one else can save me now but you. Right. Uh um and I would say your interpretation definitely hews more closely to the uh the sense in the song of not like this is some obsessive like, you know, beast man who's going to be like you know your love can heal me right yeah that it's more of this like i without you i have become this part human and i want to be human again and indeed he's human again at the end he's meatloaf right and so i think that this is the only one where i really want to kind of get into the song a little bit more um, because it is such this iconic song. And, you know, when you were talking about Total Eclipse of the Heart and how, like, the Turnaround Bright Eyes thing has come from a different element of a Jim Steinman song from this other thing, it, you know, that makes sense to me because it's like, what is going on there? But for I Do Anything for Love, but I won't do that, what's fascinating about the song is that it has its own uh, kind of mythology behind it and it has this own mystique to it because, and I don't know if this is just, like, kids being dumb because this came out at a time where you know mtv and the radio and everything and it was just like you know we were bombarded by this song i mean certainly in our household we were but i think that everybody was bombarded by this song well, quite a it bit. was on top 40 no of course and and yeah. the but i won't do that was like such a mysterious thing uh <laughs> until you actually like look at the lyrics and you're just like oh no he's just saying but i but I won't 
like leave you. I won't be a yeah, piece of garbage. The thing that I the thing that I just said I wouldn't do. Yeah. I would do anything for love, but I won't Except do that. that. Yeah. The thing I just said. I know. Right. It's it's like it's just it's grammar. <laughs> Uh, no, totally. And I, uh, when you actually look at the lyrics, you're just like, oh no, this just makes total sense. But the fact that there's like this, you know, vague notion to it, if you just listen to it without thinking about it, you know, it gets people talking about it, and it kind of is this like perfect marketing move for this song that it didn't even wasn't even intending in the first place, and uh, it's. I don't know. It was very effective, at least in terms of like getting people to talk about it. But, you know, clearly he's just saying like, no, I would do anything for love except for like that thing that I just said about like being a piece of garbage. And, you know, yeah, uh, I don't know. I would do anything for love, but I'm not going to go find it somewhere else. I'm not going to cheat on you. Right. I'm not. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, And I I mean, I think this also had in its favor uh the fact that you have like that the generation that would have been you know really into bat out of hell when it when it came out yeah i guess the younger end of the of the boomers uh you know then they have like their kids are in high school when this comes out right so it, it it's kind of i think with a lot i mean not in our house because our parents were not fans <laughs> of meatloaf but I, I'm sure in a lot of homes where like, you know, parents like had that album yeah. uh, that like when Bad Out of Hell 2 came out, it was like, oh, all right. Um, well, I mean, like, also, I went, when I uh, an when album I, with the word hell in the title, forget it. Oh, boomers be no. freaking. Oh, no, abs- absolutely. Toys yeah. in the attic, though. No problem. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, anyway, Love yeah. in an elevator so, is just about, you know, like seeing someone cute in an elevator, you know? Yeah, no, it's just, it's about, you know, intimacy. Yeah. It's just about intimacy. Um, being close and, you know, knowing how to push someone's buttons. Uh, so, um, oh, and I did, I actually did have the opportunity to see Meatloaf on the Bad Out of Hell 2 tour. Hmm. Uh, did a great show. Dan, may I ask you, is this when you saw... The Gin Blossoms for the first time. No. Oh. No, Gin Blossoms opened for UB40. That was UB40, I'm sorry. You're no, one of your other little... childhood obsessions. I mean, well into adulthood. Well into, you are but... literally sitting right next to a UB40 framed something or other. I, I have a signed Multiple. set list from, from 2006. Well, you literally right next to you. I'm looking at like next to your show. Oh, that's just an album cover. It's still uh, a framed album cover. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. So, so uh, yeah, just going back to... Um, you know, the, the actual song itself, uh, it's what's something that's amazing about this song is that it has no structure at all. It is all over the place. Like in terms of like creating a song, it is, it makes no sense. It starts off with, and I would do anything for love. Like there's nothing lyrically leading into that. It starts with, and which is fascinating. And I would do anything for love. I'd run it into hell and back. I would do anything for love. I'd never lie to you, and that's a fact. But I'll never forget the way you feel right now. Oh, no, no way. That's what he won't do. Forgetting the way right. you feel. Yeah, so it's pretty um, Yeah, it's pretty basic right there. And this has, like, it's such a, a cool song, and it builds in such a really fun way. Uh, as long as the planets are turning, as long as the stars are burning, as long as your dreams are coming true, you better believe it. That's, like, such a 
triumphant moment. It's so cool. Oh, it it's so builds. fun. And it, oh, it, it you better believe yeah. it. And I would do. It. I mean, it just launches and then like all the music drops out in that one. Yeah. And some day, and some Magical. days I pray for silence and some days I pray for soul. Sometimes I just pray to the God of sex and drums and rock and roll. What a cool lyric. Yeah. And not sex and drugs and rock and drums. roll, but sex and drums. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then of course we have the, uh, Oh my God, there's so many lyrics to this song. I don't ever stop dreaming of the you've ever known in my life. Will you raise? Oh yeah, will you raise me up? Will you hook me down? Will you well, that, get me right out of the this, duet? The duet part is amazing. And it's just like, oh we shit. We, the duet. we just listened yeah. to essentially like two songs worth of song. And now we've got a whole other song. But listen, listen to it. Look, it, it harkens back to Paradise by the Dashboard right. Light, which starts out. Dun, 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 and who, dun, sings, dun. who sings the female part in this one? In this one, it is, I want to say, Carla DeVito, though I think I'm wrong about that. No, I'm sorry. Lorraine Crosby. Oh, okay. Lorraine Crosby. Let me make sure I'm looking at the right song here. Yeah. Yes, Lorraine Crosby. Yeah, but just like some of the back and forth here where she's kind of asking these questions of him and he's like, I can do that. I can do that. And then um, like, it's just such a cool moment like uh will you cater to every fantasy i got will you hose me down with holy water if i get too hot will you take me places i've never known it's so cool (laughs) it's so dorky but it's so cool oh my oh it's amazing yeah i mean it's like you were saying like it's a theater kids places i've never known it's it's a total theater kids rock song it's a total karaoke showstopper it's it's awesome there was a um, one night. Uh, this is back when I was living in L.A. and a friend of mine, uh, t- his name is Tom. He actually runs a really cool bar in the Highland Park neighborhood called The Fable. Or actually, maybe in Eagle Rock, but it's a really cool bar. Check it out. But he also uh, has run this uh, karaoke company called Hi Ho Karaoke, which I think now is just housed within The Fable. But he used to go around to different bars and do karaoke nights, and. Uh, did a karaoke night at the Bigfoot Lodge in Outwater Village. And they did this theme night where you come dressed as the person whose song you're performing. And I remember, I think it was my friend, uh, uh, oh, who was it? Oh my God, why am I, why am I blanking now? But uh, a friend of mine came to do I Do Anything for Love and came like fully meatloafed out and just was uh josh briggs that's who it was and just like had a wig and the the flowy white shirt open and just like it was so much fun (laughs) and it's just like that's what that this song is for it's it's made to be like reproduced theatrically and it's like the music video for this song like left such an impression on us that we associated so much with the song and, you know, it came around right at that perfect time where, like, MTV was in its stride, still just playing, like, music videos all the time. Uh, I don't know if Beavis and Butthead had begun around this time. Oh, but yeah. Oh, y- definitely. But, the, yeah, MTV, this was that MTV, that, like, golden era MTV, like, has its own original programming. Yeah. Um, Yo MTV Raps, 120 Minutes. 120 Minutes was amazing. Uh, but I think you also had like what, like Remote Control was probably, am I, is that the right show, Remote Control? There was Remote um, Control, uh, you know, there was 
Squirt TV with Jake Fogelnest. <laughs> and uh, like, I think and that was, was the grind. And, you know, it was fun. That was it was like the very beginning it was before all that, like real world road rules. Right. Stuff. Just and, before I mean, real actually, world. no, like actually, yeah, on the cusp of real world. Right. Which I think was we really had yet the, to meet Puck, but we were about to. I think we had. I think we did have uh, like spring break. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the MTV Beach House. I think that that was already a thing, right? MTV Beach House. Uh, I th- I mean ninety three probably, and let's see. Like isn't I don't that know if there was Vanilli the like screwed up their lip sync. Oh, <laughs> or that was something else. That was, that was yeah, that was a different thing. But yeah, no, uh, what a fun time. It was a really like unique time that like you couldn't explain that to a kid now. And this is it not me a- being like back in my day. It's just like it was a special thing that like you can't really describe it. Well, yeah. And it was it was also like I remember just and being a, a music fan and the anticipation of something new coming out and that like you would have to go and get it. And if you wanted it badly enough, you know, you'd steal uh, you it from go, browsers and Cranford, New you Jersey. Would, yeah. Yeah. No, uh, I was going to say, if you wanted it badly enough, you'd actually pay for it. Uh, but you would go to like, like going to midnight, like releases so that you could buy yeah. it like at 1201 when it's released. Or like, I remember there was a place in New Brunswick, New Jersey, uh tunes and Mm. they used to put out like the new releases would hit the shelves on tuesday but they would put them out like monday evening oh wow so if i want like i remember i think like radiohead's kid a i was like Uh. i'm not fucking waiting until tuesday yeah (laughs) uh no it was a really exciting time um you know it wasn't the type of thing where it's just like you look at your phone and it's just like oh radiohead released a new album you know Right, right, right. Or I can just go on YouTube or Spotify and, and or like, I mean, yeah, Spotify or anything, just listen to whatever I want to listen to. Yeah. This is not us being just like old heads talking about the good old days. No, but, but, but back in those good old days, back in those good old days, we used to talk about how awesome it would be if you could do everything that uh, we're yeah, like, Oh, it's not like that. I know. I know. And you know, I, I'm, I'm grateful for it. It's, it'd be nice to find something that, you know, emulates that, that real experience again, where it's like something that you truly couldn't get unless you were just like at the right place at the right time. Um, or if you're at tunes, maybe the day before, I think that's a really nice way of looking at it though, is that it's, uh, it's a right place, right time. So anyway, speaking of the right place, right time, I think this is the right place in the show and the right time to talk about like, so what do we do? How do you, Oh, but Dan, there's actually one more thing I wanted to talk about. There's one more thing I wanted to talk about. So that perfect segue that you just had, can you just like try and make that happen again? I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, let's do it. So, uh, my idea for you're mad at me now <laughs> you're mad at me my so my idea would be you know we certainly bands do make music videos maybe they're made specifically to be released on a platform like TikTok or they're made to be released on some some other kind of social thing we don't see a lot of like I think that in hip hop, we see more 
music videos being made that are more like, you know, YouTube friendly. Uh, what would traditionally have gone on something like MTV. But we don't have that so much in the same sense anymore. And and also it's like the kind of music that's being made right now, we don't have a lot of these Jim Steinman types of artists anymore. We don't have these same kind of songwriters. And it's no doubt that they're that you know Jim Steinman left a really big mark on popular music in the 80s and 90s. And they were very specific and they were very popular. And, you know, if you just talk about like how many hits this one person put out, yeah, there were a lot of bad songs, but there were a lot of hits and they're memorable hits. And what would be great is if there was some sort of like revivalist band that really wanted to put out a like, some music in the style of Jim Steinman. And maybe this is a band that exists now. You know, maybe this is a a band, maybe it's a band like Foo Fighters, you know, who uh, can kind of go back into, you know, rock and roll history and like make something really epic out of it. Poor one out Taylor Hawkins, by the way. But like, you know, a band like that who has a lot of reverence for the, the music that he's either come before them or has kind of come up alongside of them and isn't saying like, my music is better than your music. It is saying like, you know, I appreciate music and this is just what we're doing right now. And I feel like if a band like Foo Fighters, I'm not saying them specifically, but did some sort of revivalist album or EP or something and did a music video in this style, lots of flowing fabric, and like really did a an homage to these like Jim Steinman music videos. And and making love out of nothing at all is a bit of an outlier. That one, um, you know, you have the the Jim Steinman passion behind it, but I, I couldn't even find the person who the name of the person who directed the music video. I think that it just kind of got like, I mean, it was probably, uh, what is it? Uh, whatever Hitchcock and Graham. Yeah. Russell, uh, Russell Hitchcock, Graham Russell. And you know, it's probably them just being like, yeah, I don't know. Just do, do this kind of thing. Cause it's, like, it doesn't oh, there's really this MTV thing. We need to have a video for the song. Okay. Yeah. 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 And, uh, who Stand doesn't there love lip syncing? Who doesn't love the forties? <laughs> so uh so anyway like i think it'd be really fun to have some sort of like revivalist uh vibe going on like paying homage to the uh, theatricality of a total eclipse of the heart music video or i do anything for love music video that's what i got dan okay so uh (laughs) my proposal is something that I wrote in 1999. <gasps> you didn't. And <laughs> it is in in 1999 uh as I was a college graduate uh making money as a substitute teacher doing a lot of hall duty and sitting there with really not much to do and uh you know uh legal pads and pens. So I I wrote a musical with Jim Steinman's music. 
Well, Dan, to quote Jim Steinman, it's all coming back to me now. Go ahead, please. Okay, so uh, uh, it's called Hot Summer Nights, uh, although it does not use the song <laughs> Hot Summer Nights. Okay. No, that one's in the prequel. Uh, so uh, I wrote a musical. It opens with the song Bad Out of Hell. And I mean, look, I was, I was, I was young. I'll tell you the plot. Basically, it's this, uh, you know, this guy who he's a, you know, he, uh, you know, up and coming. He wants to be, you know, a, 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 a singer and he's got his girlfriend who's, you know, this amazing musician, piano player. We don't really know that much about them in the beginning, but basically what we find out is he, you know, in his he makes money working as a bouncer and he, he ends up accidentally killing a pimp and uh and he's like i have to 1999 just making sure. i have to yes okay. he's like i have to leave uh, like i have to get out like you know i i have to leave i have to leave like a bat out of hell uh so uh so he leaves that's like that's the prologue and then um, we, we kind of flash forward 17 years later, you know, the, the, the girlfriend, our protect- okay, go are, are, well, yeah, she, well, she's, yeah, she's, so anyway, she is a, she's haunted, uh, figuratively, literally as well. Um, and she is, you know, trying to get over it and she teaches piano and she has this student. He's like 17, 18 and he's just amazing. And it's like when he plays his music, he she is like the spirit of her like this, her love. Like she kind of feels it. And like when this kid plays, it almost brings his spirit uh into her and it kind of like his like this kid's piano playing almost channel like kind of channels the spirit which is good because the this guy's spirit uh because in the song bad out of hell uh in the opening number he basically escapes uh death or he escapes the like full death he doesn't escape death but he escapes gotcha. the afterlife yeah mm. so he's uh, so he kind of has to find closure by, I think, making sure that she's happy. She's just kind of been in mourning. But meanwhile, there's this kid and she's like, uh, he's half my age. But when he plays music, I feel everything that I felt when I was with my uh, when I was with, you know, that that guy. And uh, he has a whole in, to, in fact, in, in my musical Total Eclipse of the Heart is is the duet between the two of them and she's singing about being haunted and he's like i want you to see me turn around bright eyes well of course bright eyes was his nickname for him uh so uh that one's in it i don't think i would do anything for love uh making love out of nothing at all making love out of nothing at all is in it yes (laughs) it's really uh yes it is um it's kind of the it's like the third act romantic climax when the um the our young protagonist 
and uh, his love interest finally, you know, get past the things. It's kind of like the suddenly Seymour. Uh, gotcha. If I can make a little shop of horrors connection, it's that like they finally get past everything that's been keeping them apart, and they're finally, uh, they're finally together. There's there's a lot more in the show, like the the uh, the this protagonist uh and i forget all the characters names but our protagonist has like a best friend and he's it's kind of like they're the meatloaf and steinman like the the protagonist is steinman and this other guy is is the meatloaf gotcha he wants the fame and the attention and like there's even a there's like there's a quasi rape scene in it it's not Mm. it's not but it's 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 bad it's where basically like a groupie finds like he gets famous off of this other guy's songs and then like he's in it's one of those like rock star in a hotel room like just drinking straight out of a bottle of champagne like standing on the bed in a robe um and like a groupie manages to get in and he almost he he attempts to take advantage of her. It does not happen. He's stopped, but uh, that's, and actually that song there's that, and that's, it's a musical number. It's called Stark Raving Love, which was from Steinman's Bad for Good album. Got it. And Bad for Good is another song. And it's because this character, this guy who, I mean, his friend wants him to be more like him. And his friend is like, no, like, look, you have a beautiful voice. And like, you can like, don't be such an asshole. And the guy's just like, look, this is what I am. I'm an asshole. Okay. So what? Okay. So sue me. Uh, but you know, in the end there's a, there's resolution. There's other songs are in it. Heaven can wait. Um, are the protagonist, the guy who sings bad out of hell in the beginning also sings, uh, sings heaven can wait. Our, our protagonist's parents sing paradise by the dashboard light. Okay. Cause all we get, all we get of this kid's parents is like that. They are just constantly like bickering about the, like, m- like minutia mm-hmm. and and it, it eventually just goes back to them reminiscing about paradise by the dashboard and it's like paradise by the dashboard links oh I'll remember that and we were young and we were in love and then it's like let me sleep yeah. all day <laughs> yeah and then you promised me that you'd love me and then you knocked me up <laughs> yeah yeah so it, it's kind of like it's the resolution between the parents to kind of be like we're in this like right. <laughs> it's not always going to be sunshine and rain no that song is such a kind of a grim song like at the very end it's like and now we're praying for the end of time <laughs> it was long ago and it was far away and it was so much better than it is today it's yeah what a what a strange song it's like it sounds so a- upbeat but the lyrics are just like oh they're so sad and it's so interesting in the context of of that album and where you have songs like two out of three ain't bad, which is it's just kind of um, like this. Yeah, this mopey. No, it's <laughs> and it's great, but it's 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 a it's like a a Smiths type of thing where it's like it sounds so like cheerful, <laughs> but then it's just like, and I want to kill you next to me, and it's like <laughs> it's like the saddest song in the world, but it just sounds so joyful. Well, and that baby, we can talk all night. It, it, it and it's, 
and it's like it's interesting because usually you hear a song of that tone and it's like it's from the like I'm the one being dumped and it's like no I'm the one I'm I'm like look yeah. I want you and I I'm I'm like I want to fuck you but I like that's it I, yeah. I, I'm not interested in much more than that Well Dan I think we've accomplished a lot here and I don't <laughs> I, you know, I, no, I'm loving that we're doing this and I, and I want to take this one step further. We haven't talked about what we're going to do, but I'm going to tell you what we're going to do for the next one, because we've already kind of teed it up a little bit. We're going to do three songs from the Aerosmith music video catalog. We're going to do crazy, amazing, and Janie got a gun. Wow. Okay. This is going to be, this, this is (laughs) <laughs> this, 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 I am. I I will preface this, and I know I'm going to say it again on the next episode. I'm not the world's biggest Aerosmith fan. You don't so, have to be the world's know, biggest Aerosmith know, fan, no, because we've got Liv Tyler, Alicia Silverstone, David Fincher. We've got plenty yes. of elements here to kind of keep things going. All uh, I know, Janie's is, got a gun. Is yeah that yeah. So uh, you know th- when it comes to cinematic music videos oh this is this is our next step this is our next step unless we wanted to get like really deep into you know some other artists this is going to be our next big one we i yeah i do think i i actually and i yeah no i agree with you i think that if we're talking about cinematic music videos i do think aerosmith uh you know the ones that the ones that we're covering and then some uh have definitely like contributed to the to the genre of cinematic music videos absolutely so i'm i'm down i'm down for it i'm down for it well dan as you are venturing back into hell i wish you a good journey <laughs> good journey third lockdown 2021 and it's a little bit lonely no one's ever coming round third lockdown 2021, we bet we'd all be outside, but I'm still listening to the sound of their tears. Third lockdown. Every day I'm treated like I offer room service, but they mess it in the blink of an eye. Every now and then we get a little bit terrified of when we think she's gonna let fly. Third lockdown, time flies. Struggling to tell the days apart. Third lockdown, time Hiking for miles, now we can't be asked with the 
nothing we can say. We're totally fixed where we Say we're totally fixed where we are. 